Ahoy there, mateys! It be me, Luke. He, him, and sometimes they, them. The they, them is sometimes like how Y is sometimes a vowel. And I be Janine. Uh, she, they. In various different degrees. I mean, for me, it's kind of like the almond joy and mounds uh, slogan they used to have. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. But we not be here to be discussing <laughs> the complicated natures of gender across the binary. We're here for the fourth episode of Domance Dawn, a podcast where we are band casting One Piece characters with Simpsons characters who had been released by that point in time as though we were weebs with internet access who were also big fans of the simpsons who were watching these japanese episodes as soon as they had come out and also occasionally had prescient views of the future it's a lot for a concept but once we start going into it if you're here with us the fourth episode you kind of get how it goes Mm -hmm. and uh speaking of how things go sometimes we make mistakes. We have what I like to call mints. Last time I forgot to shout out Colt for the excellent cover. Uh, Colt will also have the cover for this one done. And then uh, Nigiru Yainu, who we had mentioned. Uh, the One Piece Wikia said that he was in episode 10, but Really, these episodes have uh, where he kind of, like, comes into play here. And also, his name is a fun in Japanese. So, the guy who is made to think that he is Captain Kuro and is killed for Captain Kuro's crimes, in the U.S. translation, is named Snot Me. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my favorite manga, uh, Yakitate Japan, which is the competitive bread-baking manga, was so full of puns that it was like, we can't actually translate these, so we have to just do, like, paragraph-long explanations. And they still worked, but it's like, if you can localize a pun or a joke, please do so. Um, Unless you're, like, completely ignoring cultural stuff like calling onigiri jelly donuts well the show was initially started off localized by poor kids so yeah yeah uh wait till next episode where i have to talk about how they were moved across hmm yeah, uh, also, some other quick things I forgot to mention. Django, sort of based on Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, and also Liv Tyler's dad. And also, the thing on his chin is a mushroom, because he's always been very lazy, and he once just lied around for so long that a mushroom grew on his chin, and he ate the top of it, and that gave him his hypnosis powers. 
like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this week we are going to be covering only five episodes, but it is some pretty big five episodes. We are covering the episodes Luffy's Revival, Miss Kaya's Life and Death, Confrontation. Are we doing the voices? Okay. I mean, you don't need to do the voices. I'm doing the voices. Defeat Kuro. Usopp's tear-filled determination. Protect Kaya. Usopp pirate gang takes action. Completely infuriated. Kuro versus Luffy. Final battle. Yar, a special animal. Gaiman and his bizarre friends. It's, it's fun to talk like a pirate. Like, there is a reason for talk like a pirate day. Which actually, I, I, um, one of my great friends' is, uh, birthday is on that day. Do they actually enjoy that? No. Well, I don't think they've ever celebrated it. I mean, fair. My sister was born on Cinco de Mayo and really does not enjoy Mexican food that much. Ah. Which, I, I Why mean, are I, they in Austin? Yeah. Uh, because she is a sound editor looking to do more professional sound editing work and uh, she and a bunch of her friends from college hope to move down to Austin and all find jobs. Ah. Yeah, she's looking to move out. Potentially to Albuquerque or Santa Fe, where it's like, oh, that's where they're actually making a bunch of movies now, because... Texas. Texas. Texas, y'all! Austin's suffering some gentrification. It is. It's terrible. I can barely afford to live here. Yeah. But we come here to talk about how terrible the housing market is here. Yar, inflation be a salty mistress. Uh, so, quick rundown. Uh, Captain Kuro shows up. Uh, for those of you who forgot, he has been pretending to be a butler for the past several years, and his plan is to kill Kaya, the lone heiress of a massive fortune. And so he's enlisted his old pirate crew to raid the town and give him time to murder her. But as we find out in this episode, his plan, again, makes no sense. Because he does say, yeah, I'm going to murder all of you. So is he only going to let some of the pirates do murders? Who is going to tell them no? What Like, there's a lot of logistical problems here. I mean... I think number one is that they're going to murder everybody inside of the town. And then, like, also, like, after all of it is done, we hear that, like, Captain Kuro is also going to kill all of the people who worked for him because mm-hmm. he can't have anybody know that there was a difference, like, that, that, that you know, Captain Kuro was alive. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, well, what what are you going to do with the money then? Why did you kill off all of the people who don't know that you were? Yeah, like, 
Like if you have if you have like all of that money and like on a barren island with nobody there, it's like you're going to eventually have to like do a lot to like all by yourself get off the island eventually every now and then to buy stuff. I mean it's 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 stupid and weird. Yeah, uh it it's a very weird plan. Ultimately he wants peace and wants to abandon his former identity. And Luffy's like, well that's stupid and uh goes on to beat the shit out of him. Uh especially after he tries to murder his own crew. Django meanwhile was sent to try and hypnotize Kaya and then kill her after she writes the will, which, once again, plan doesn't make a lot of sense. I also don't think Django expects it. He would also probably be murdered here. If they could if they could ever murder anybody right in this freaking anime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Usopp's prepubescent pirates go to protect Kaya and hold him off until Zoro and Usopp go in. And I do love that this arc uh, puts in one of the most important facts, which is Luffy and Zoro have no sense of direction. I think that definitely makes it much more endearing and, and lets you know that right off the bat that they would definitely die if it's not for Nami. Oh, yeah. Most of the crew is just different varieties of himbo. Honestly, that feels like it's just like a, a treat for Janine, but that's just kind of my own personal taste. Everybody can enjoy a himbo treat. A himbo ding! So, yeah, Kuro's defeated, Django's defeated, and Mary is still alive to give them their first ship, the Going Mary. Which I'm, I'm still, I'm never not going to be upset about how alive Mary is. The one person who was deliberately killed by the one person who deliberately wants to kill. Like, I can understand if, like, somebody ineffectually, like, if it was, like, uh, Django that wasn't able to do it. Because, like, I can mm -hmm. understand, like, if he was, like, incompetent or something. But, like, it's... Captain Kuro, who likes to kill, is known for killing, and we're given so much exposition by all of everybody freaking out about how much he kills, about how much mm -hmm. he says he's going to kill. He doesn't. He kills no one. You know what I I attribute that to? What's that? Worker solidarity. He and Mary worked for years as butlers, and it's like you don't go through that with another guy and just be like. You know, I'm going to fully kill you. I mean, you give him a chance. No, because when I'm quit, I burn all my bridges. Do you dig through the ditches? I have no way I could be able to go ahead and finish this Dragula lyric. So let's go ahead and talk about more of this episode. Yeah, so the remaining Black Cat Pirates just all get onto their broken ship and presumably sail out to die. I mean, they 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 took Captain Kuro with them, which mm -hmm. I assume we meet again. Uh, I will tell you this. As of 2022, Captain Kuro has not shown up again. Good. Then at least somebody did a good murder. 
which I imagine it was like everybody on that ship was just like, okay, let's go ahead and just give our old boss some new cement shoes and just be done with it. Oh, I I was wrong. He does have a brief cameo in the anime uh, where he uh, apparently just becomes a captain again, but it's such a minor thing that, like, he is massively outclassed by that point. He wanted to 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 massacre an entire island. How is it such a small footnote? It's only a it's only an island. Like it's, one it's island. An island. Like maybe fifty to a hundred people. It's Well, we'll we'll just try to find some more villains that kill more people to get you nice and rock hard then. If that floats your boat, if that jollies your Roger, if I that mean, I'm shivers your that is timbers. For... Jesus Christ. Okay. What else happens, Luke? Uh, we also then have the episode where uh, the crew in their new boat sails to the infamous Treasure Island. And uh, after I getting... know that one from books and Muppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. Uh, so in the manga, this actually happened before Usopp joined the crew. And they just decided it made more sense to have them sail to Treasure Island if they had an actual boat. Okay. Uh, but yeah, on the island they meet Gaimon, who is a guy stuck in a treasure box with a gun. Which was great, because in one of the uh, One Piece video games... Gaimon would just show up and start shooting people with a gun as a, a like support character. And it's like, That's... yeah, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, Gaimon got left behind on accident uh, because he thought he saw some treasure chests. He tried climbing up and instead he slipped and fell after the rest of the pirates he was there with left. And he's been stuck in a treasure chest and he's made friends with all of the weird hybrid animals who are on the island. And so Luffy goes and is like, hey, I'll help you get this treasure. And then he tells Gaimon once he gets up there that he won't give him the treasure, and Gaimon understands that, oh, uh, all the treasure is actually gone. Those are just empty boxes. And so uh, Luffy invites him to join the crew, but he turns it down because... It turns out the true treasure is friendship with the weird hybrid animals. It took 18 episodes, but they but they finally had a plot line where friendship was the treasure. And, and you'll murder for it. I guess. I, I mean, like, he had a gun and started shooting, so I, I guess he was, like, intent to murder for that treasure. Yeah. Uh, I did also forget that we did see Usopp's mom briefly in a flashback where it turned out Usopp started lying because when his dad went out to be a pirate, his mom got sick, and so he just lied to keep her hopes up that Iris would return, and that would include his dad. It's unnecessarily sad, but I don't know why I would expect anything else from this. I mean, like, it... It roots around to try to find the heartstrings to pull them. Like, that's mm-hmm. what this show does. Yeah. I think that's 
completely valid. Um, Worms its way in there like a parasite and attacks the heart. Sometimes like a parasite. And you feel things about it frequently like a parasite. It was a good movie. You'll watch it. Uh, But yeah, so that's kind of the rundown. Our crew now has four members and a boat. And uh, these episodes initially ran February 16th through March 15th, 2000 in Japan. And there were two simultaneous or contemporary uh, Simpsons episodes released during that time. Missionary Impossible, where Homer becomes a missionary to avoid PBS and ends up ruining the island. And then Pygmalion, where Mo becomes a handsome soap opera star and then fame corrupts him. And we get a bunch of characters in there. Uh, Bender Rodriguez shows up for the first time. Big Bird and Elmo. Uh, the Teletubbies aren't having their first appearance there. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant. And a bunch of soap opera characters and more. What really um, kind of like got me uh, surprised was that it was there was a um, appearance by uh, Thurgood Stubbs from PJ's. From the PJs? You had the sound bite for it, but you didn't. Wow. That was completely predicated on the idea that I would mention it first and then you would go ahead and hit the sting. It's it's such I mean, a unique and called like just specific called shot. And and it and it, what what baffles me most is that it worked. I'm like a little bit mad at myself and a little bit proud of you at the same time. It's a weird feeling, but that's podcasting, baby. <laughs> Oh, no, many people hate when they are impressed by what I have done. It depends on, like, the relationship that I have with them. If they are, if they don't expect me to do things, uh, they usually are more happy when they're impressed. And when they do expect me to do bits, they are less happy and impressed. But no, I I specifically had that queued up because if you weren't going to drop it, I was going to. Amazing. Well, I... Did you ever watch the PJs? Uh, almost religiously. I mean, I grew up poor, so I kind of like got it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also like a, a lot of particular racial humor that um, I didn't really have that diverse of a neighborhood. Uh, it was just primarily other Mexican-Americans. So there were a couple of things that I just like learned through that show. Um, oh, yeah, that that shows why I know what projects are. Wow. We had two different experiences growing up. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, she was at the time, but, like, my mom is a evangelical Lutheran pastor, and my dad is a psychologist. Huh. We were very poor at the time. We were lower middle class at the time in a very conservative area so life is weird uh but yeah bunch of 
weird characters, weird PJs call out. Uh, did you have anything else to add about the PJs? Specifically about the PJs? Or anything else here? Uh, I, I've got no idea. I mean, um, let's see here. That's right, that's right. Uh, that was also the episode um, in which Betty White had called people uh, thieves for not donating PBS, common mm-hmm. thieves. Um, R.I.P. Betty White. R.I.P. Betty White. We can now use her for characters, but at this point, I don't think we've run into a One Piece character that could be able to hold as much gravitas as Legendary 99 Betty White. Yeah, uh, we also... We have a weird set of 10 characters uh, for this episode. I am switching over to my list as per usual. I gotta tell you, uh, I have a lot of blank spots. uh, Yeah, no, I definitely had to work to, like, find some of these, which is kind of what we signed up for on a level. Because it, it, it's not always, oh, we can have a great discussion about, like, who uh, so-and-so would be. We are not going to have any Mr. Black-level discussions this week. All right. There's, Which... like, three of them that I have second suggestions for. Amazing. Uh, but the first character we have is Panda Man, who is a recurring background character who just appears in a bunch of crowd shots. Now, for this character, I consider different recurring characters that aren't particularly inside of Simpsons canon, so I went with uh, two different um, television characters who do have real-life counterparts, and that's uh, Bumblebee Suit Guy and McBain. Thoughts on those? Oh, uh, no, God, I was going to say God bless you for helping me figure out a piece for the next episode that we're doing that my brain was just not putting together. But yeah, no, I had a Bumblebee Man as well as my Panda Man suggestion. Ah, well, if if that ends up being the same as just kind of like a little bit like a a comical, oh, hey, there's that that guy in in Mm -hmm. future backgrounds i have i see no problem with going ahead and throwing bumblebee suit guy in there bumblebee man bumblebee man who does have a real uh name uh which is pedro chesparito or pedro chesparito depending on your pronunciation Mm -hmm. you know wrong or correct Anyway, um, curiously, uh, um, I actually wasn't able to catch the uh, the um, background shot of Panda Man. I only like found out the character was in there by checking the wiki later. Oh yeah, it is very easy to miss uh, Panda Man. Like he is a you keep your eyes peeled and you might see him. Uh, he's a bit of a joke character. They start expanding his lore in the, like, sort of question segments. Uh, 
Yeah, so you saw like the screenshot where he shows up uh, just standing with a bunch of pirates. Yeah, just just there. Mm-hmm. That's how Pandaman works. So then we have Bonchina, who is Usopp's mom, R.I.P. Morning Till I Join Ya. Uh, there's like Luann Van Houten, which feels like a waste of her. Because like Luann has gotten to expand as a character on The Simpsons. And so just writing her off as a person who dies feels like a waste. Yeah. And to be honest, well, I could go into like who I said because it's kind of like a little bit obvious. I think a couple of people might have might be thinking it too right now. So I think let, let's all say it together. Maud Flanders. Interesting. I'm mm. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they said it. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, mm, I feel like once again that's kind of like writing off Maud. Uh, they Flanders. they wrote off the Simpsons wrote off Maud Flanders. Yeah, yeah, we we discussed this last week when I learned how shitty they were for not wanting to pay for her flights to record and give her like livable wages. Uh, also, support unionizing uh, anime dubs. Thumbs up. Also support animation, or, yeah, also support animators unionizing. In fact, support every union except for police unions. That feels right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had Sister Bernadette, who was one of the soap opera characters, because I wanted someone who didn't matter, for lack of a better term. Like, she is here just to die. Maud, I mean, Maud was on the show for years. She got characterization. I feel like there's yeah, but, going but to Maud, be a bigger milk toast character. Maud definitely um, had Here's the, the same kind of impact, like dying, leaving a child behind. Like, even though we don't see too much of, like, um, you know, Rod and Todd grieving about it, they definitely um, show moving on from it and even helping their father move on from it. That There is like that expected, understood loss coming from that. And I feel like that's a good way to have a character that was there so briefly die mm-hmm. off, but also a character whose death was meaningful. Because mm-hmm. last time we were looking for characters that died, we were definitely looking for characters that just we could just throw away. This one, I feel like the death should be meaningful too. Let's table that for now. I need some time to brew on that before we write down anything. Uh, up next, we have Gaimon, and I've got two suggestions. One of them, which is probably very uh, obvious. <laughs> Which would be uh, Thurgood Orenthal Stubbs. Uh, and then the second one that I had is Dr. S from the Spirograph Factory. Ah. I personally was thinking about Burning Comic Book Guy. Because I feel Ooh. like 
when we started like first seeing Gaimon, we saw him as a bitter person who wanted to protect everything that they had collected at that point, being treasure, um, to 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 death, but also was too incompetent to actually do it. And at the very end, showing that he's not that bad of a guy. I think about in different dimensions when I think about this, and honestly, I thought about those three characters the most because I really didn't think Everything. about all of the animals. <laughs> so a lot of my energy just went into like the importance of those characters and like the characterized, like how they were characterized inside of the show and how the characterized how the Simpsons characterized like those characters at that point in time. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't think we really see that much development for comic book guy until they run out of characters to develop and just circle back onto stuff that's already on the board. I think by this time we'd have the one where Bart and Milhouse briefly take over the store and he gets some development, but it wasn't at the point where he starts dating Edna yet. But like your your reasons for like picking him kind of double down on the Thurgood because Thurgood is similarly a somewhat crotchety man who uh, has a begrudging care can kind of snap at people who are outsiders. Also kind of similar facial hair and facial aesthetics. I feel like definitely at that point we're looking at the characterization for um, how Thurgood is portrayed on the PJs, which I completely agree with everything, mm -hmm. and not thinking about too much about him as a character on The Simpsons, which is mainly just like background character. For oh, yeah. He, he is literally on a phone bank trying to save Fox TV. So, so yeah, just, just know that like if, if you open up this door... You're going to open up um, Bender's role in Futurama to play a, a bigger role in how we cast him and use him inside of One Piece. Oh, no, I'm fine with that. I mean, there's literally a Simpsons episode like 12 years from this point where it is a canonical Futurama episode. Be that as it may, you are like characterizing Bender as he is in like I think at this point the first season, maybe a season and a half of Futurama mm -hmm. going forward as to how he would be portrayed inside of uh One Piece and the character that we cast. Likewise for um the X Files characters. Um Mulder oh, X-Files had been running for years because this was their second cameo on the show because there was the Springfield Files where they showed up. That yes, was a yes, full-on X-Files spoof. But we would be casting them based on their appearances in the X-Files more than we would be ca casting them in their appearances in The Simpsons, which was parody. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be two different vibes. Just like, I'm, I'm fine with this casting, but... You know, it's going to open up uh, Pandora's box that you're not going to be able to close. I welcome opening the box because you know what's in there at the end, Janine. What's at what's what's at the end? Hope. 
oh, you actually want to tear the stamps, so I thought you were gonna. <laughs> but yeah, also I feel like comic book guy is a bit too big to burn. Wow. Or, I mean, comic book guy had his own action figures at this point. That really doesn't say too much because, like, of course, comic book guy is going to get. I I would be surprised if it took him like not that long at all because where is he gonna go? Mm-hmm. Where is he gonna show up? Who's going to stock it? Comic book stores run by comic book guys and toy stores. Oh, I I doubt this thing has like has seen the, the a freaking heavy toy store. Like I like it still blows my mind how many times that the Simpsons ends up being like, you know, kid toy things for like Burger King, mm-hmm. which seems kind of like totally weird because of you know it's animated, but it's definitely not for children. Yet they still have so many products that are for children, but I don't think the toys are any of them. I think I think the toys are just for sad adults who have them to make themselves, you know, feel better about a collection of really cool things that are actually pretty well crafted. Have you seen some of those sets that they have? Uh yes. Uh also April 2001 which would have been around the same time was when the comic book guy uh playset came out. Dang. Yeah, no, I I am good with opening the door to, yes, we can base some levels of characters, especially when it is cameos, on, like, who they are outside of the show. All right. Next next episode, I'm, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to look at all of the, cam- like, crossover cameos that they've <laughs> had so far, just, just so I can try to, like, burn you on that. And you're going to be like, oh, Janine, I want to argue with you, but you are so smart and me so feeble minded. Only my head can be filled with trivia about Simpsons and One Piece. It, it can't comprehend things like <laughs> characters. Uh, Janine, you, you say that as if that is not my goal. Well played. <laughs> you, you devil. Uh. You. Uh, but you good with Thurgood for Gaiman? Well, you talked me into it, but only because uh, you're opening that box. All right. And then we get uh, seven animal hybrids, which this was a tough one. Because uh, you were saying before the show, you looked up to see when the uh, island of Dr. Hippert Treehouse of Horror was. It and was I- the perfect shoe in for that. Wait till we just get to the islands of animal hybrid people on One Piece. You son of a dick. They have that. They have yeah. that? Yes. Oh, oh my god. Uh, Pro ZD uh, in the voicing of Giant Cat Face, Lucy and Garfield. Like, that's when the episodes fall, like, 20 years past this point or something. Wow. One Piece runs for a long time. I mean, like, Simpsons ran for a long time before they got to a Dr. Moreau. 
uh, reference. That was literally Treehouse of Horror 13, which I, mean, I felt like it was going to be like so much bigger and better because it's 13, you know? But mm-hmm. like there were a couple of segments I feel like they really phoned it in, including the island of Dr. Hibbert. I mean, like I was young at the time, but like I still knew the story because I seen the Marlon Brando movie. Like, I don't know why I did. Mm-hmm. I was a kid at the time. Like, I just watched a whole lot of weird science fiction. But still, like, I kind of appreciated. But I was kind of like, do do other people know this? Do other adults do? Do are they? Do they also feel weird feelings seeing Marge like this? <laughs> uh, I mean, I first knew about this because Johnny Bravo did a parody of it. I I guess I I guess I got to stop being so goddamn surprised. I, yeah, I no, have... horny cat, horny cat Marge is like one of those obscured memory blocks that is like a part of the psyche. So, well, if we just right now just talking about horny cat Marge has just like sleeper cell activated something in somebody. Then you're you're forced to um, give us a tweet to let us know, and link us to your Deviant Art page. Uh maybe, maybe. If you got good stuff, uh, but yeah. So we have seven animal hybrids, and it's animals combined with other animals, and so. Yeah, if there's ever going to be something that is kind of just like we're doing the best we can here, this would probably be it. Uh, so first we have uh, Usagi Hidi, which is a rabbit snake. Quite adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you said you had nothing for these animals, correct? I did not. The only one that I was thinking about remotely was the uh, the lion pig and that's mm-hmm. because like i really do like the concept of it but the closest thing that i got to like anything that was like an animal that was like strange enough for it was a three-eyed fish and i was like that's that's not gonna work so i just dropped it all right well for uh the usagi hidi i have either the esquilax or snake from simpson's bible stories where he is literally the snake in the garden of eden Oh. I don't hate the idea of snake being the snake. And it's an anthropomorphic one as well. And you know what the Esquilax is, right? I need a reminder. Uh, So in the episode's Lisa's Wedding, uh, Chief Wiggum has Friar Wiggum's Fantastical Beastarium. And it's literally a rabbit with the head of a, or it is a horse with the head of a rabbit and the body of a rabbit. It's literally just a rabbit. Yeah. Between the two, though, I would have to say I I would go with the. Wow, you could just give it a carrot and just be like, look, uh, like a horse do. Um, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) horse <laughs> too um yeah let's let's go let's let's go with a biblically accurate snake all right uh next we have the cock ox 
which is a fox rooster. The best I had for this was uh, Pigeon Rat, the one that Hugo Bart's uh, conjoined twin uh, created by sewing a pigeon and a rat together. I'm going to accept that. Um, that's a good pool. That's a good pool. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, part of it is like we could do another cover with like uh, Kuro in the gang, but I feel like we, we should make Colt draw a very weird cover. Uh, so then we have the Lion Buta, which is a lion pig. Uh, you said you had one for this one. Uh, oh, yeah, that was the three-eyed fish. Ah, Blinky the three-eyed fish. It had a name? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Oh, yeah, he had a full-page... Or he had a full-page sidebar in the Simpsons episode guide. Oh, wow. We're getting some deep Blinky lore. Mm-hmm. DBL. Uh, so my suggestion for this one is the Cloud Ghost of Mufasa. Uh, so in the episode where Bleeding Gums Murphy dies, he appears in the clouds along with Darth Vader and Cloud Ghost Mufasa because all of them are voiced by James Earl Jones. Amazing. I didn't put the connection, but I could see how it's like pretty easy to do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I feel like having a floating cloud head ghost is a suitably weird thing. I mean, there's I'll tell you one thing. Um, you're not going to get uh, the ability to put that Mufasa on anything else in this freaking thing not for but a I while could, probably i could be <laughs> wrong though because wow i wouldn't be surprised if they all of a sudden made lion king like freaking references like 13 years from this point uh this whole show is calvin ball i swear to god we then have a uh, kaba gorilla which is a hippo gorilla I had Gorilla the Conqueror, which is a King Kong knockoff. Like, that was the best I could do here. I think that's the best it's going to get. Uh, we then had Kieran Cole Danuki, which is a giraffe Tanuki. And for that, I had one of the Toadstool jockeys. Uh, the jockeys who are also sort of underground elves from uh, the one where Bart becomes a jockey, which once again is kind of like, yeah, at least fit the vibe. I guess so. And it is a good pull because like, we um, passed that episode not too long ago, as, as memory serves. Uh, that was last episode that we uh, introduced that as an option. There we go. Uh, we then have the Kamado Hitsuji, which is the platypus sheep. I gotta tell you, like, I blinked and I missed this one entirely. Yeah, it, it's weird that not all the creatures have names, but enough of them do. And 
Yeah, it's it. As you said, it's Calvin Ball. Right. So uh, for that one, I had the cute lamb from Lisa the Vegetarian, the lamb that's so cute that Lisa decides to become a vegetarian. Oh, yeah. The one that speaks to her through the lamb chop. Mm-hmm. I'll take that one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a point where it's just like, oh, if I can get, like, one of the animals that's here, perfect. Uh, and then the last one we had is the Psy Kangaroo, which is a rhino kangaroo. And for that, I had the kangaroo that picks up one of the frogs that Bart brought to Australia and puts it in his pouch. Ah, right. Both a reference to the frogs that became an invasive species. And, I don't know, I guess kangaroos. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that just brings us back to Banchina and. Hmm. We got to think about dead mothers. And there's a lot of them in this anime and not too much inside of. Um, the Simpsons. Oh, why did I blank out on that name? It's because I'm thinking too much of like freaking references to other stuff. Like freaking the Island of Dr. Moreau. And. I'm glad that you played that stinger and you didn't say something like um, Sexy Cat Marge. No! Yeah, you really messed out on that one, didn't you, pal? <laughs> Stupid Sexy Cat Marge. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. If we could have like different episode titles just based on what we say, like Stupid Sexy Cat Marge would definitely be like number one. I I debated that. Like so far I've just been using titles of the episodes that we cover. But I, I feel like we're getting to the point where we're getting more of the energy down to the banter. So yeah, I don't know. I think episode four will be stupid sexy cat march. Good. I think I think that'll definitely entice people to listen to find out what that actually means. And then and then they'll have that like freaking you know, Eureka moments. All right. Well, uh, my, I mean, I still don't want to burn Luann Van Houten here. And my other suggestion was literally just a no-name character because, I mean, Bonchina, this is like the last that we see of her. Is she dead dead? Like, so, I, I, I remember I did ask you about that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because this show doesn't know how to kill people. I actually felt happy with the fact that Panchina is not going to come back. Oh, wait. I can't wait until you're going to be sad at someone who dies. All right. Uh, yeah, no. I. You know, I, I will acquiesce to Maud Flanders here. Wait, let's. I want to. Do you want to see... live right now and just like look up Dead Mom Simpsons and just see if there's anybody else that kind of, I don't know, tickles your Flanders a little bit more? I'm seeing if there are alternate versions of Mod that exist. You would uh, rather go with an alternate version of Mod 
that may live inside of the alternate universe that was created for it? Uh, she was in Treehouse of Horror 8, where... Ah, yes, there was a goody Maud Flanders uh, in the uh, Easy Bake Coven episode. Uh, which is the one where Marge is a witch and they try and burn her and then they invent Halloween instead. It's not a good one. I mean... You know what? If if it makes you feel better, then we can use it. Because, I don't know. Does Does she die in that story? I uh, like I mean, she would have died long ago because it's set in the past, and she also angers some witches. I I love that answer. Like, well, Janine, in the in the grand scheme of things, doesn't everybody from the eighteen hundreds or so, like like in the sixteen hundreds, somewhere like fuck ton long ago, in the grand scheme of things, can't we just all just say they all die eventually? They don't really have, like, germ theory at that point, I don't think. And they sure love to eat things that are in various stages of cookedness. Medium-rare chicken and whatnot. Italy, oodly. I Okay. If, if, that, if that makes you feel better, in, in the grand scheme of things, she did eventually die of probably the same complications of whatever the hell Banchina died of. Unless it's something yes. stupid, like a broken heart. Then I'll kill everybody. No, I it was her crippling bonitis. Her crippling bonitis. They're not even in the same... Okay. Thank you, Janine. I, 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 my, my deep fear is that we get like 20 episodes down the line and it's like, shoot, I forgot about her. She would be a perfect use for Maud Flanders original. But now we still have Maud Flanders original, but we've also killed off a Maud Flanders. We've entered the Maud Flanders verse. I would kill off so many Maud Flanders and not feel anything of it. But also, because I fe felt something about Maud Flanders and Bonchina dying, that's why I wanted to have them linked together. You know what? We could use other Maud Flanders here. Or we can use goody Maud Flanders elsewhere. We're killing OG Maud Flanders. Let's put on the celebration music. Wait, I don't know if we're ever going to use that sound bite again, so, like, just, just one more time. Get it out of your system. All right, let's, let's go ahead and start closing it out. All right, uh, so that wraps us up for episode four. Uh, episode five, we get a new arc. We are introduced to a new... Potential crew member, quite possibly. And uh, we're also going to have our first guest, if all things work out. 
All right. Well, let's not spoil the, the, the surprise of when that happens because, you know, we don't really quite know if that is going to happen for sure, for sure yet. And yeah. things are always fluid, like the water we sail on. Or by stream of consciousness on Twitter, where you can find me at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. You can also visit my website at LukeHair.com. Janine, where can people find you online? Well, they could be able to find me on Twitter at Janine Juliet. You could also be able to find my podcast that I do, that I have done and may get back to really soon, uh, My Favorite Pokemon. Uh, check that out on Twitter at My Favorite Pokemon. Pokemon being spelled P-K-M-N. Um, I think that's it. Well, if people want to learn more about the show... We've got a website now. That's right. Uh, We've got nomadsdawn.com. Yeah. yeah, and that will redirect you to the Tumblr that I set up because I don't have the energy to run a whole another website again. It's easy. I can I'll put images up there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at, at Domance, D-O-H-M-A-N-C-E. Uh, also, shout out again to Colt. Hoskins for doing the really good uh, cover system or for doing the really good covers. You can find him on Twitter at, at C-O-L-T-H-O-S-K-I-N-S Colt Hoskins and yeah, if you are enjoying the show uh, give us a shout out and we'll be back in about another two weeks because you know what it's time to do, Janine? What's it time to do, Luke? It's time to eat our own legs off. What? See you then. Mm-hmm.